all been raised on television to believe that one day we'd all be millionaires and movie gods and rock stars. But we won't. We're slowly learning that fact. And we're very, very pissed off. Invading your ear holes one more time. Actually, it's not really invading. I mean, you are pretty much inviting me into your ear holes, aren't you? You know, because, look, no one's making you listen to this. Actually, maybe they are at this point. Ooh, how crazy would that be? Ooh, little Merv Griffin there for you. Ooh, uh, if uh, that was the new form of torture, it's like, uh, oh, yeah, your, your podcast is really popular in Iraq. Oh, that's fantastic. I love it. I'm, I'm happy to be entertaining the troops. Mm, no, no, not exactly. No, I, I meant, uh, I'm sorry, I, I shouldn't have said popular. I meant uh, a mandatory download to all the interrogators' iPods. Um, you don't need to know why. That's uh, classified. Eh, well, look, you know what? I'll take the hits. As long as they leave positive reviews on iTunes, uh, I, I'm fine. You know, uh, great, uh, you know, best podcast for motivation, for getting what I'm looking for podcast. Perfect. So um, not a whole lot. You know, this is one of the things I think I've said this before, but it bears repeating. Um when you're unemployed, uh, I thought I, ha- I was going to have all this time to do the podcast, but I don't do anything when I'm unemployed, except like, you know, I do the same five things every day. Uh, I virtually punch guys in the face while playing, you know, uh, uh, the PlayStation. I, you know, do a little grocery shopping. Uh, I, I am not going to tell you about all the new porn I've discovered. I figure, look, you've got your fetish. Hey, I, who am I? Who am I to say uh, that you should be uh, watching this latest big dick porn video that I found? You know, maybe that's not your thing. All right. Maybe you like babysitter porn. I don't know. That's your thing. So other than that, I mean, really, what am I going to talk about? Well, a couple of things did happen. So here goes. In podcast news. So for those of you who enjoy yourself a podcast uh, but don't know what to be listening to, uh, there's two that I just uh, recently sort of recently started listening to. So I am a big fan of the uh, MaximumFun.org family of podcasts. And actually, there are two on that that I really like. Um, I think the earlier episodes, they didn't get into their groove yet, but I think now they're really chugging along. So that is uh, My Brother, My Brother and Me, and Stop Podcasting Yourself. And uh, Stop Podcasting Yourself is uh, two Canadian comedians, and they frequently have a guest on, but who knows who that guest is, because they're also probably Canadian. But they're just generally funny guys. Uh, my brother, my brother, and me, they're interesting because it's three brothers. They are actually really brothers, uh, and two of them are moderately funny, and one of them is really funny. And they they are they call themselves an advice show, but really the questions that are submitted to them are just fodder for goofing around. And what they really do, which is a genius move on their part, is they answer questions from Yahoo Answers. 
I don't know if you've ever gone on Yahoo Answers. I don't know if you've ever made the mistake of Googling something, like Googling a question, and then seeing a link and clicking through and getting just the wrongest, stupidest, dumbest responses to your question. Like people who genuinely think they know what they're talking about in Yahoo Answers. If you got, if you click through and, and to a Yahoo Answers answer, I can guarantee you 75% of that time, it's going to be wrong. Uh, and so what they do is they have their fans scour I don't know about scouring, but search uh, uh, Yahoo Answers and find the most ridiculous questions ever. And then it, they just, you know, read them on the air and, and then kind of goof on those even more. But they even, but they're really smart about what they do is they save the best, most ridiculous uh, Yahoo answer for last. And it's, and it's the Yahoo answer that, Yahoo question, I should say, that, um, it doesn't even need any discussion about it. It's just hilarious. And then that's like their big finish. But it's great because, because it's the big finish, you will stay through to the very end. Cause most of the time I get to the near the end of a podcast and I start hearing people doing their plugs and I'm like, ah, bah, moving on. But, uh, and I make that noise, bah, bah. uh, and, but not this one. I, you know, I stick through, I listen to, uh, you know, about buy shirts from the store and we're going to do a live show and all the junk I don't care about. And, uh, cause I want to hear that final Yahoo answer and, it, it never disappoints, too, because, you know, they've, they've gone through, they've done a little prep ahead of time, unlike myself. That's not true. I do prep. And, uh, and they've found the best one. So anyway, oh, those two podcasts, uh, and then also um, uh, Walking the Room, which is uh, Greg Barrent. And Dave Anthony, and they're two stand-up comedians, and they have a little studio closet, and sometimes they have guests on, but most of the time they don't. And uh, they talk about, you know, just what goes on in their lives. And they're both, you know, professional funny people. Uh, Greg Barrent uh, is a, uh, a comedian who wrote the book, He's Just Not That Into You. And I think he's gotten a bad rap because I think people think that that book is serious like they hear the title and then they're just like oh why would you know this this guy's obviously a douche because you know he wrote an advice book and it's not it's just it's it's kind of like a more clever version of you know you might be a redneck if kind of book and he had nothing to do with the movie, the Drew Barrymore movie. He did write a version of it, sent it to them, and they went, no, we want an ensemble comedy. And he's like, well, you paid me to write a script. I wrote it. I can't write an ensemble. So you just go ahead and do whatever you want with it. And then he was also on a TV show. Uh, it was all, it was kind of like a, uh, you know, uh, an Oprah style, you know, mid afternoon show. And I think he's gotten a bad rap from that. And so, Give it a try, you know, walking the room. Uh, I have been corresponding with them quite a bit to try to improve their audio quality. It's not terrible, but hey, man, could be better. And so, and that's my thing. In movie news, I've been watching a few movies lately, two that stand out in my mind. Um, I am halfway through uh, Zombie Strippers. Now, I, I, we got, okay, so I have Dish Network, and Dish Network, for whatever reason, said, we want to give you 
stars, the whole net stars network of movie channels, uh, six, six in total, uh, and uh, for free. You can just and and you you know you're not gonna get re- it won't auto renew. It, you'll get it for a year. Just watch it. So now I've got this stars movie channel, and it's so weird the way they do. It's still it's still like this very old school model of how these movie channels work, where they will get a movie and they'll run it for a month. Who who does not who is has the satellite dish? but does not have the DVR, right? If you have cable and you don't have a DVR, you're out of your mind. If you have satellite and you don't have a DVR, you're out of your mind. I mean, if you want to watch good things when you want to watch them, get yourself a DVR. But anyway, so I like to go through the Star's movie channels, and maybe I'll find something that's worth uh, DVRing. And so I came across Zombie Strippers, and I was like, boom, don't care. Don't care how bad it is. I got to watch this because it's got zombies. And I just watched uh, oh, uh, Resident Evil Afterlife. I enjoyed that. Sure. And I'm guaranteed boobies. Perfect. What, what more do you need? And shooting. Shooting zombies and boobies. Boom. Done. In. And uh, so I'm only about, what, like half an hour into it. It's actually kind of funny. It's, you know, the writing is pretty good. Robert England, England, who was uh, Freddy Krueger. You can tell how bad his career has plummeted. He's in the movie. He plays the uh, germaphobic strip club owner. So, you know, I know what you're thinking. Probably the worst job for a germaphobe is strip club owner. You know, lots of dudes, lots of gross dudes. But this guy's a bit of a sleazeball himself, and he's a good, you know, he is good at running a strip club. It's just he hates the germs. So anyway, uh, go, you know, it'll be playing all month on Stars, And if it's on Stars, it's probably on um, Netflix On Demand as well. Oh, another, another crazy movie I saw is, uh, I, I, can't, I can't figure out how to pronounce it. It is the, the name of today's episode. And and Hirahan and Enderan and Erithalan. Anyway, whatever. Uh, it means robot in whatever in Indian language the movie was originally in. And this is this is the classic example. Like, have you ever thought we could import movies from India into the United States? This is the movie that proves this will never, ever happen. And here's why. This movie was made in 2010. But the script makes you think it was written in 1985. Because essentially, this is a robot movie, right? And, and, the, and the effects are amazing. You know, why Why wouldn't they be? I mean, a lot of low-budget movies uh, send their effects work to India to be done, so of course it's going to be good. You know, they, they, it's what they do. And so, uh, it's essentially a robot movie. It's, it's, it's like if uh, you took uh, The Matrix and, and uh, mushed it together, mashed it up with uh, Short Circuit. 
It's got, you know, all the same sort of wacky comedy moments that Short Circuit does with the bumbling uh, lab assistants, but yet has some just crazy violence in it too. And some and and go ahead and look on YouTube. There's a really great clip of of the biggest blowout action sequence where uh the the robot uh starts making copies of itself and then starts forming these objects so like you know all the robots come together and form a ball and then they roll down the hill or they form like a dragon head and then you know grab the helicopter and smash it into the ground you know just crazy crap and really inventive neat stuff so and this is what you know prompted me to watch the movie but i'm watching this movie first of all i don't know why Every Indian movie, and I, of course I haven't seen every Indian movie, but this movie is a robot movie. You know, it's got a little bit of romance in it, but it's a robot movie. And still, like four or five really long, extended, choreographed dance sequences. Now, mind you, they are mostly sort of non-traditional, futuristic dance sequences, but really, do we need dance sequences in a robot movie, and this movie is three hours long. There's an intermission in it. But this just proves that there's no way. There's no, as awesome as these robot fighting sequences are, the script is horrible and wildly out of date, and the dance sequences, I, I mean, if, if, if they put dance sequences in this movie, they have to be in every movie that they churn out. Now, the other weird thing about this movie is about every five minutes, they will say a line in English. And it's not like they don't have the words for it in whatever language this is in. Oh, by the way, all right. Uh, it's... It's, uh, it, it's, you know, it's stuff like, uh, the Chitty is the, is the main robot's name. And so they'll say, oh, Chitty, watch out, you know, in English. Hey, Chitty, watch out. Look out behind you, Chitty. You know, it's, it's stuff that obviously they could say in their own language, but, and it makes me kind of wonder, like, are they trying to, like, you know, make, the people who know English feel special who have gone to see this movie. It's like, haha, uh, if you don't speak English, you don't get this reference or you don't understand that. Haha. I don't know. It doesn't make, I, it, it's totally bizarre. Oh, and uh, for the people, the, the reason why uh, I was mentioning the idea of bringing movies from India into the United States is because uh, for those of you who don't know, the Indian movie scene cranks out it's something, it, the statistics are ridiculous. It's something like um, all the Western world combined, like, you know, all of Europe, all of the United States, all, every country that makes movies, uh, you know, mashed together, the Indian cinema still cranks out more. And so uh, I was, I ran into a woman from India you know, a couple months ago and it somehow this came up and she was like yeah so the deal is is that there are like eight different languages spoken in india and each group wants to have you know their movies right like i mean you know i i would want to see movies in my native language i mean 
you know, sure, I'll get the occasional dubbed movie or the occasional subtitled movie, but I'd really prefer to have my own native language. So each group wants to be represented. So there's a market for each group. Now, mind you, a lot of them, you know, trade the movies around, but not all of them. Some of them don't get them dubbed into other languages. Uh, as far as I know, this robot movie has only been dubbed into two or only one of the other languages of India and subtitled in English. So that's why there's a tremendous amount of uh, movies coming out of India. And every once in a while, you'll see like a little bit on YouTube, or there's that little bit in Ghost World, and you're like, oh, wow, that's pretty crazy. Or then you'll see like uh, Slumdog Millionaire. Oh, by the way, you want to get your life in perspective Go, go watch yourself some Slumdog Millionaire. I mean, it's not... I, I think the movie is generally overrated, but you will... All of your problems, all your petty this and that's just evaporates. Because you see what these people are going through. And it's not just like one or two people. I mean, there's a billion people in India. And you know millions and millions are in the exact same place that this guy is in in the in this movie and uh and yeah and so you just feel i mean you know it, we all talk about like oh you know you're you're a winner because your sperm reached that egg you're a great swimmer so you're the boy who lived as they say on the smodcast we're all the boy who lived uh but this this really sort of highlights the lottery system that is life you know like i i could have been born in india but i wasn't i was born to middle class parents middle class parents who planned ahead and and you know put money aside so their kid w didn't have to work his way through college he could just focus on college and then come out and have a string of terrible jobs <laughs> start drinking oh so before we stop talking about movies um one of the podcasts I was listening to, I can't remember which one, uh, they were talking about how uh, this one director puts all these stand-up comedians in movies, and they were like, oh, right, uh, he, he also put Dennis Miller in um, Indecent Proposal. And they were like, and everybody kind of stopped and was like, no, I don't think that was Indecent Proposal. I, I think that you're thinking of some other movie Dennis Miller was in. Uh, and I just loved the idea of Dennis Miller in Indecent Proposal, sort of, you know, Dennis Millering around uh, where, um, you know, Robert Redford comes up. Uh, Re Indecent Proposal is the one where Robert Redford uh, offers uh, Woody Harrelson a million dollars to sleep with his wife, Demi Moore which is a crazy fantasy world that Demi Moore would ever be married to a guy like Woody Harrelson, but okay, fine, whatever. I'll, I'll believe the world you have set up. So I just love the idea of Miller being inserted into that, uh, where Robert Redford comes up to, uh, Woody Harrelson and says, um, uh, excuse me, your, uh, your wife is very lovely. I would, I would like to pay a million dollars to have intercourse with her. And then Dennis Miller pops in, goes, hey, you cha-cha, uh, I got 50 bucks if you let me sniff her panties. <laughs> so, 
I was thinking of more movies to shoehorn Dennis Miller into, but I just couldn't think of any. Maybe if I think of uh, some, I'll throw them into future podcasts. I also like the idea of uh, when the American Pie movies were really big, I was just like, oh, we got to take, you know, that part. Because the only thing that anybody ever talked about in American Pie is when he fucks the pie. Is like, oh, man, we should find movies where we could fuck more things in it. Like uh, The Godfather, you know, he just wakes up with a horse head in his bed and then he just starts fucking it and i'm just like yeah that was awesome because like there's that shock and horror where he just starts screaming and there's blood everywhere and then he's just like oh yeah get it on he sees that big neck hole and he's like yeah it looks like a vajayj let's do this boom or as uh the boys on the bim bam uh my brother my brother and me would say front butt instead of vagina Oh, so if we could back up and talk about uh, podcasts here for a second. So just to let you know, like, the lengths I am going to to try and find a job. So uh, podcasts, you know, uh, most of them take advertising. And uh, the Jordan Jesse Go podcast, which is part of the uh, Maximum Fun Network, uh, you know, they, they frequently do live reads. And it's not scripted. And it's it's actually, you know, it's it's fun enough of a commercial to make you want to listen to it. So they joke around and they talk about things and they goof on it. And so I thought, okay, you know, uh, other people have advertised their services on it. I'm going to advertise mine. Now, here's the mistake I made. When they talk about other people who advertise, it's all stuff that they are familiar with, right? Like, so... Fuzzy Balls Apparel has t-shirts, and um, this other guy has a recording studio, music production services. They know what those things are, right? I was advertising. I like, hey, I do desktop support, application support, and project management. They had no idea what any of that stuff was, didn't bother to look up what any of that was, and it was it was a bit of a disaster. Now... The the, adver- the cost of the advertising is not cheap. I mean, I can afford it, so whatever. And it, it is funny, though, because like, part of me is like, I feel like I should say something to someone about how I'm upset by this and how they kind of screwed it up. And Oh, and the worst part of it is, is that I, I said to uh, the the advertising coordinator, Jesse's wife there, uh, I, I said, look, a lot of people, if they could spell my name or, or give some people some way of remembering it, um, or even just say, like, there's no L in home, because a lot of people want to spell it like John Holmes, uh, Sherlock Holmes, and throw an L in there, and there's no L in there. That's, that was my, that's, that's a good dad joke for you. My dad, or my, actually, it was more my mom. I'm used to say, our name is like Christmas, there's no L. <laughs> yeah, that's a good, that's a good mom joke. Yeah, similar to the dad joke, about as, about as good. Anyway, so he didn't say that. And, and at the end of the plug, he says, He has insisted that we include his slogan, There's no I in home. Hmm. AlanHome.com. That's great. So the more I think about it, the more I realize what happened. It's that 
I wrote them an email and I said, like, these are the talking points I want you to cover. And I had this whole big section about how I I need people to understand how to spell my name because, believe it or not, you can spell Alan Home a thousand different ways. So I said, you know, hey, if they, he could say something about, you know, like uh, Alan, like Alan Alda or, you know, some famous person that he can think of. And really, it's important that they, you know, people know that there's no L in home. Now, here's where typing as opposed to talking really screws you because a lowercase or an uppercase I looks exactly the same as a lowercase L if you are using a sans serif font, a, a font with no serif and with the little edgy bits on them. Because if you have the edgy bits on them, then you can look at a capital I and it looks nothing like a lowercase L because the lowercase L has uh, just the one edgy bit on the slant and the I has the two on the top and the bottom. And anyway, so that's what happened. But what's, but, but what's so great is when you hear the comedian, the guest at the end of it go, oh, like, like he was trying to be nice, but he was like, that does not make any sense. So that's about as much of the clip as I'm going to play. If you want to hear the whole thing, uh, it's episode 182 of uh, Jordan Jesse Go. Uh, it's titled uh, Luna Park. So now um, I'm just sort of confused. Like, now what do I do? Right. Like, I, I actually had kind of a list of things I wanted him to talk about. You know, spell my name, Noel and home. Now, to be fair to them, they have a section on the website uh, in their forums where they put links to all the sponsors. So, you know, my name is in there. I checked. But still, it, it seems like I was really trying to reach the people who don't go to the forums. Like, I could have gone to the forums and just posted Hey, I'm looking for a job. Anybody want to hire me? You know, but, you know, I was really trying to reach the people who don't go to the forums. So I really wanted this vital information to get on the air and most of it didn't get there. So now I, I have the, I have some problem, not a lot of problems, so a little bit of problem emailing Teresa, the advertising coordinator over there and saying, Hey, um, Oh, oh, I forgot. I forgot the most important part. Oh, my God. I can't believe I forgot this part. So, so okay. So, there were two people who had paid announcements, which already kind of sucked because normally there's only one. So, I and now I had to share the space with this guy who started a website to track your gas mileage. I, I don't understand why, I mean, why do I need this website to do it? Why can't I just get one of those stupid motor books and do it there? Or isn't there like a billion different phone apps? But whatever, fine. So, but then after he's done reading the, the, me, my, my butchered commercial and the gas people commercial and the gas people commercial, he, he knew again, he knew what that was. So it was a little easier to do a mention for it, because even though it doesn't make a whole lot of sense, at least it's a concrete thing that he knows about. Um, and keep in mind uh, that neither of these guys have had office jobs, right? They graduated college and went right into show business. You know, Jordan got his job in Fuel TV right out of college, and Jesse continued doing The Sound of Young America as a NPR show right out of college. Okay, so these guys have never been in an office where you have desktop support or project management or any of it. And their guest uh, is the guy who does Wondermark. I think I've actually mentioned this on the podcast before, but 
Wonder Mark is a uh, is a uh, a comic strip that is largely made out of uh, found uh, artwork from like the turn of the century, and then he puts like bubbles over their heads, and it's it's very well done. I, I enjoy it quite a bit. Anyway, so uh, he doesn't know anything about what I'm talking about either. But all that aside, after our two paid announcements. Then he does another announcement for uh, some people who got in a really bad car accident and need donations for their hospital bills because I guess maybe they don't have insurance or whatever. But it really listening to it really made me feel like Casey Kasem, you know, that bit where he flips out. And he screams about, um, uh, can, can we please come out of a, he's mad because they're coming out of an up-tempo record and he has to do a long distance dedication about, uh, somebody's dog who just died. And he just screams at the, at the engineer or the producer or whoever. Okay, I want a goddamn concerted effort to come out of a record that isn't a fucking up-tempo record every time I do a goddamn deaf dedication. And that's what I felt like. I felt like, wait a minute, I have this paid advertisement, and and it's just obliterated by your death dedication. And, and it, now, this, I, I have to, I can't, the more I think about this, the more I am going to write the letter, because... Um, uh, you know, the whole there's no I in home. The, like, even the way he said it, it made me sound like an asshole. And I was just like, it's not I, it's L. There's no L in home, not no I in home. So I think I am going to write and say, because my big fear is I'm going to write and say like, hey, Jesse fucked this up. Can I, I get another mention on the show? And then if he gives me, even if he gives me just a, a simple straight ahead mention, I could come off looking again like an asshole. And so if I keep, you know, if I was to say like, hey, you know, I, I, the listeners might be like, what's up with this guy, man? He's just like, he won't let it go. So anyway, but, but the one thing I have to leave out about the complaint is that I got a death dedication smashed up against my paid announcement, which again, just like if if you thought about hiring me, that uh, thought, or, or even if you thought like, oh, I should check the, our company website see if there's any job openings, it got obliterated by uh, children on their deathbed need your money. So uh, I don't know. I, I mean, it was a long shot anyway. I can't I can't really imagine too many people being like, oh yeah, we have job openings. Yeah, I'll send them. I'll drop them a line, but. Like I said, you know, I, I'm trying creative ways to uh, to look for work, seeing that, I, you know, I've been on many phone interviews and have gotten nowhere. Actually, well, I mean, I've gotten somewhere. I got there, there was one job I got into the third round, and then they just decided, nope, now we're done. So I'm trying new things. And like I said, you know, look, I'm not hurting for money, so... Thank God I'm not living in India and I'm not hurting for money. So uh, I, I thought, hey, what the heck? Why not? In television news, 
So this is just a quick thing that I was thinking about while I was walking the dog. Um, I don't know. Oh, I was listening to a podcast or something. And then, oh, somebody made the old joke about, um, you know, being on a rocket ship and someone says lunch or someone says someone thinks they say launch when instead they said lunch and then they wind up launching the rockets instead, which is the premise of far out space nuts. Uh, which was a Sid and Marty Croft show a hundred years ago. Anyway, so I was thinking about that, and that show, idiotic preference as it or, uh, premise as it is, the 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 back preference is even crazier than the obvious present preference preference premise premise than the obvious premise. Uh, the obvious premise is, oh, we screwed up, we launched ourselves into space, and now we can't figure out how to get home. Of course they can't figure out how to get home, because they're just two dipshits who l- load lunch onto a rocket ship, and that's all they do. They don't know anything about that. I mean, they should be dead. But anyway, okay, fine. Maybe it's all automated. But the, the hidden premise, ha, I got it right, uh, to this show is, the show stars... Bob Denver, who played Gilligan on Gilligan's Island, and um, a fat guy who looks like the Skipper. I mean, he looks a lot like the Skipper. Now, I believe Alan Hale Jr., the guy who played the Skipper on Gilligan's Island, was already dead by that point, so they couldn't get him on the show. Uh, but it's the premise is really, let's take the best part of Gilligan's Island... I know that sounds like an oxymoron, uh, which was Gilligan and the Skipper. Basically, Gilligan and the, and getting uh, hit with the hat of the Skipper. That was really sort of the best part of the show. And we can get the guy who played Gilligan and a fat guy who looks a bunch like the Skipper. And we're going to get them on the show. Now, this premise, first of all, idiotic because there was no good parts that's like saying hey here's a lump of shit let's take the best part of the lump of, let's take that corn i can see there's some corn in the shit let's take the corn out of the shit and make a tv show with it yes and and it's really the exact same thing i mean gilligan's island was a bunch of people stranded on an island and now it's a bunch of people stranded in space right same thing except now it's the corn of Gilligan's Island as opposed to and the rest. Oh, by the way, you know, that how how screwed up was that? So when they in the original theme song of Gilligan's Island, uh, if you can see it in black and white, they leave out um uh they leave out I think it's this uh, I think it's the professor and Marianne. Uh, it's 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 whoever's the last two people in the theme song cuz then they go and the rest on Gilligan's Island. Like, it's almost like they just didn't know who was going to be on the show, so they're like, eh, and the rest. You know, but it, it, but it also feels like, ah, these shitheads, they're inconsequential, whatever, nobody cares. Meanwhile, every, you know, there's a large segment of the population who finds Marianne way hotter than Ginger, the movie star. And so, uh, you know, for her to be marginalized like that is not, that's not cool, man. Because uh, there are a lot of people beating off to her, and to only refer to her as the, and the rest, that's like saying, uh, I like my shaved pussy videos, I'm not going to be like, oh, and I like the rest of those videos. No, of course not. Those shaved pussy, those shaved front butt videos are awesome. 
They deserve the respect. So now I, I boiled Gilligan's Island down to the corn and the shit and the shaved front butt. That's what we got so far. Oh, and, and in um, speaking of comedy of errors, uh, getting you know talking about the whole JJ Go advertising fiasco. So uh, we, so Miriam's friend is a belly dancer, and she dances at this place. It's it's an Egyptian restaurant, and it's her last performance before she moves to Texas. And I'm, I'm giving too many details. Uh, I'll say up front uh, that she did a lovely job. But uh, so, so we said to our friends, hey, do you want to go with us? And they were like, okay, sure. It's, uh, it was interesting. Um, it basically, what it is, is the Egyptian restaurant is very tiny. And as we were driving up, our friends say, oh, so she's like a professional belly dancer and and miriam's like oh yeah mm, no 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 what the what the restaurant is is it's a tiny little restaurant and the woman who owns it also runs a belly dancing school and um she gets the students once they're good enough to dance in the restaurant and then the restaurant is so small that if the dancers tell like four of their friends, and there's like nine dancers at each performance. So that place fills up and it's not cheap either. So, you know, it's all buffet style and, and, and the food is decent, but I wouldn't be paying 25 bucks a head for, for it or the belly dancing, which, oh my God. The belly dancing, like Miriam's friend was was good, but uh, these people, these people should not be belly dancing. There's there's just no there's no there's no other way to put it. I mean, they just they're not coordinated. They they don't they just don't have it. It's just it was bad, and it was funny too. The audience was actually more entertaining than the dancers. Uh, there was one woman who looked like angry Whoopi Goldberg in the corner, which I know is also sort of redundant. Um, and except for when the one black woman in the group started dancing and. Angry Whoopi, Whoopi Goldberg perked right up, and I was like, uh, hmm, I bet you that's her lesbian lover. Which, of course, that's, I, I'm, I'm, that's where I'm going to go with this. I'm not going to go like, oh, that's just her friend. No, I'm going to get dirty. Oh, yeah. I think she's like, mm, yeah, I'm going to tap that ass tonight. Oh, yeah, I'm getting all up in that front butt. Mm, yeah, that's right. That's my sugar. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I was thinking was going on. And she whipped out her cell phone and started taking pictures. And mind you, with, with the world's crappiest, like, 1985 cell phone ever. And then, ne next to her, but not with her, uh, Angry Whoopi Goldberg was um, by herself. Uh, there was a guy who looks like Santa, but has a huge um, pentagram around his neck. So, he looks more like Satan than Santa which I think is interesting that they're the same letters, just mixed up. And next to him is like Jerry Curl, Mary Steenburgen. So if you're not friends with me on Facebook, you've already seen the picture. Uh, but it, and then and then Satan 
Santa, whatever, like through the belly dancing, has a big stack of singles in his hands and just starts making it rain, just starts throwing dollar bills up in the air at the belly dancers. And you're like, dude, this is not a strip club. Sit your fat ass down. What are you doing? The whole thing, very bizarre. So before I go, I have to mention uh, one other thing. Uh, Quentin Tarantino, uh, there was an, a, a, a woman wrote an email to her friends. And the premise of the email, hey, got it right again, boom, premise, uh, is that her friends have been asking her about this story for a while. And uh, I found this letter on uh, thesuperficial.com. They had a link to it. And it's quite a long letter, but basically... It uh, it details how she met up with Quentin Tarantino and they went back to her room. So the thing, so here's the part that everybody latched onto, which I think is great. They're in the hotel room and uh, she thinks he's going to try and have sex with her. And he says, and here's I'm reading now from the uh, from the email. He says, "Hey." And, and she says, I know this hay. This is the hay should I get a condom. Hay that accompanies 20 minutes of ungratifying sex. As I'm trying to rapidly think of ways I can get myself out of this deal, I hear what is without a doubt the strangest question in the history of my life. Quentin Tarantino asks, can I suck on your toes while I jerk off? What the fuck? And that's, she actually wrote that in the email. What the fuck? And she goes on to say, like, hey, this is, this is actually kind of a good deal for me because I don't have to have sex with the guy. He can just suck on my toes. And, you know, we all knew Quentin Tarantino had foot fetishes. I mean, if you go back and watch uh, Kill Bill Volume 1, there's that whole thing of, um, oh, what's her name? Oh, whatever. Uh, Mrs. Ethan Hawke. Uh, Uma Thurman wiggling her toes and trying to move her feet. And there's just long extended shots of uh, her feet. And then apparently in uh, Jackie Brown, even though I don't remember this, uh, the emailer references uh, long shots of Bridget Fonda's feet. So we all knew Quentin had a foot fetish. They talked a little bit about it on Howard Stern. But the the part that really bothers me, not bothers me, but the, the part that really makes me feel compassionate for Quentin Tarantino uh, just because this this is just so stone cold of this woman to write this. She This is also from her email to her friends. We make out some more. There's a little below the belt action that I try to avoid as Quentin has the most unattractive penis I have ever seen. Short, fat, nub-like, The chode of all chodes. Boys, those junior high pamphlets are lying when they say that all shapes and sizes are normal. Lying. Man, that is, that is cold, right? Like, do you have to go into that much detail? Can't you just say like, eh, you know, I saw his dick and I wasn't really into it. I didn't want it in me. You know, do you have to really, and it's, and, and you, I mean, there's just so many ways you could have said this that could have been just a little bit nicer. But no, she went full on 
just vicious. And maybe, maybe she doesn't understand. Maybe because she has no penis of herself. She's only got a front butt that she knows she does not understand how, how this stings. Uh, so yeah, I, um, yeah, I just feel, I feel bad for him a little bit. Uh, and I'm, it's, uh, it's unfortunate that he has such a ugly penis as well. Although, you know, our, our good friend Leanne, she, I told her this story and she was like, well, who cares what a penis looks like? Penises are not, they're even the best looking penis in the world is still a penis, right? Like, it's still not something you want to look at. It's still got, it's still, it, it just doesn't matter. It's never going to be attractive. And it, you don't need to look at it. It's not meant to be looked at. It's just, it's got a job. It does its job. And that's it. You don't want to look at it. And as uh, our friendly Ann said, it's like an elbow, right? Like, you don't look at an elbow. It doesn't matter the most attractive elbow in the world. It's still an elbow. You know, it's just used for you know, getting the knots out in somebody's back and smashing people in the face and stuff. All right, that's what I said. She didn't say that. All right, let's wrap this up. So from me, the music of Bright Brown, Quentin Tarantino's Ugly Penis, let's do this one more time. Until then! Until then!